days on Nine Gardener. Did you know that where you live, you can grow gorgeous vegetables, herbs, and flowers year round? In the Wild Child Garden, we harvest 52 weeks a year. There's never a need for cover crops, never a time when we can't plant something, and there's always room to add beauty to our garden space. I'm going to inspire you to turn your garden into a wild child garden right here on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens and your host. I teach busy women how to grow gorgeous food in any space. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number five, and today I'm going to give you a little bit of a peek into the Wild Child Garden Club and kind of show you a little snippet from our live coaching session last week where we begin to prepare for the first frost of the season. I dig in pretty deep here because there's a lot of science behind frost and freezes that just don't get talked about inside the garden community. But I want you to be able to prepare so that you can protect your plants. I want you to know when to cover, when you don't have to, what temperatures different plants are tolerant to, and what you just really need to go ahead and say goodbye to. We're preparing for frost and freezes inside the Garden Club, and I wanted to share this with you today. So it's going to be a little bit different in this episode, but we're just going to jump right in, and I'm going to share with you from our coaching session last week on understanding a frost and a freeze. So let's dig in. All right, guys, we're gonna go ahead and get started and I want you to take notes or at very least get prepared to screenshot some of the things I'm gonna show you because this is gonna be something you will use over and over again throughout the season. I want you to know the difference between a frost and a freeze and I want you to really understand the two And I want you to know the difference so that you can get a plan for the season. They're words that are really just misused a lot. So I want you to really understand what we're talking about so that you can prepare for each of them. The first thing I want you to recognize is that frost and freezes cannot be reacted to. This is a proactive pest of the cool season. It is not something that you can react to. If you try to react to cold temperatures, you will be too late. You have to prevent. I also want you to remember that you want to work smarter, not harder. So we want to set ourselves up to where we can enjoy the cool temperatures, not be stressed out about them or worry about them. And the way that we do that is through education. And that's what I really want to help you see today. So the first thing I want you to know is that how plants respond to cold weather depends on many things, from genetics to how persistent the conditions are to how sudden the conditions come on to how long they last. A light frost may change nothing or it may change everything. And it just all depends. That is why the two terms are so misunderstood. So I wanna take some guesswork out today so that you can be in a place of confidence when you get to this first frost of the year, which it looks like we're gonna be getting this coming week. So let's start by just some very basic scientific definitions. First, a frost can occur when temperatures reach 36 degrees or lower. A freeze can occur when temperatures reach 32 degrees or lower. Those are important numbers. And the reason that a frost can occur so much higher is because we live in a very humid climate. 
And listen, you can't depend on a weather forecast. The temperature alone is not enough to direct you with what you should do. We have to understand that we need to know our gardens. A thin layer of ice that forms on the surface of a leaf of a plant could destroy the plant depending on what the plant is or it may not affect it at all. But at 36 degrees, you have that possibility. Now in the same exact way, a freeze can happen at 32 degrees, but for most cold hardy plants, the freezing point is gonna be somewhere around 28 degrees before you start seeing damage. Why? Because plants have an internal temperature and the soil has a temperature and the air has a temperature. And all of that is working together. And it takes a little while for that soil to start cooling down. It takes a little while for that liquid inside of your plants to start freezing. For most cold hardy plants, they're gonna be fine to 28 degrees. There are a few exceptions and we're gonna talk about those in a minute, but for the most part, cold hardy means somewhere between 28 and 32 degrees. So these are the big numbers we wanna think about. We're always looking for 36 degrees for frost and somewhere around 28 to 32 degrees for a freeze. At both of these numbers, guys, we have to make preparations. We cannot ignore this. 37 degrees, you're fine. 36 degrees, different story, all right? I do want you to think about, though, you are growing a cold season garden. Most of what you've got in your garden right now is gonna be frost tolerant. Not everything's gonna be freeze tolerant, but most everything will be frost tolerant. These plants are equipped in their DNA to prevent those icicles from forming inside of their cells. So, so important. What we're worried about right now in that first frost of the season is those tender plants, those warm season vegetables, herbs, and flowers that are still going strong from the do-over season. That's what we're worried about right now. And that's because they will get dehydrated super fast because as soon as that frost forms on the surface of their leaf, it literally draws the water out of the plant. That's the problem. They're not equipped in their DNA to handle a frost. At 32 degrees, we're gonna start thinking about freezes. I think pretty much everybody that's in the Wild Child Garden Club is going to see 36 degrees over the next 48 hours. We are paying attention. And I think that's the most important part here is that we need these trigger temps to where we start perking up and paying attention. Light frost, nighttime temperature is gonna drop at or just below 36 degrees. Hard frost, that's gonna last four hours. Think about that. Most of these early season frosts are gonna occur right at daybreak. This is so important because that sun's gonna come out and it's gonna warm up that temperature really fast and you're going to see no damage from most of your plants. A hard frost is gonna come in when that period of being at or below 36 degrees lasts for four consecutive hours. That's why we're gonna watch the forecast. So let's dig into how we can best prepare for these dropping temperatures. And we're gonna do this by knowing our frost dates, knowing our forecast, knowing what we're growing, knowing our garden, and making sure we have supplies. So let's talk about our frost dates first. 
a frost date, guys, is just a historical time frame. This is so important to remember. My first frost date last year was December 5th. My predicted last my predicted first frost date last year was December 2nd. This year, it's predicted to be somewhere around November 17th. But I want you to understand, when you read a lot about frosts and freezes, you're going to see a lot of can and may instead of a lot of will and does. There's not going to be any of that. That's because there's so many pieces and parts to this puzzle that really it's just giving you a time frame of when you need to start paying attention. The other issue with the frost date thing is that it's not even for frost. Remember how I told you that they are words that are just really misused and interchanged when they probably shouldn't be? A frost date is really about a freeze. It's really about the first time your temperature is most likely, as far as it's been in years past, to drop below freezing. And there's always that margin of error too. Keep in mind, that means that you can have a frost before your first frost date. And in most of South Louisiana, we're going to experience that this week. This is a whole month ahead. Keep that in mind. Also keep in mind, paying attention to nature. What is nature doing? Well, I can tell you one thing. Everybody's picking satsumas right now, right? And what are we all saying? My satsumas are bitter. My kumquats are tart. My persimmons aren't sweet. Interesting. What does it take to get a satsuma sweet? A frost. And if those satsumas are ripening right now, then that frost is probably coming. Also, the goldenrod is blooming. Old Wife's Tale says, frost in a month from when the goldenrod starts blooming. Right on track, guys. We are probably going to see our first frost, maybe even in some of our areas, first freeze this week. We need to be prepared. And I don't want you to freak out. I don't want you to worry. I just want you to know how to do this. So, Frost dates, remember, are not used to predict a day. They're just used to give you a time frame of historical probability. When you start to get to fall and it's starting to feel like fall and it's starting to look like fall, you got to start watching your forecast. That's going to be the second piece to this puzzle. So you got to know your frost dates just to get you in the ballpark. But you also have to know your forecast. Keep a close eye on the daily forecast. If it looks like temperatures are going to drop, get ready to protect your plants. Also keep in mind that the first frost of the season is usually going to happen on a calm, clear night. If it's windy, the chance of actually frosting is so much lower. That's because it doesn't allow that moisture to accumulate. So keep that in mind. We always want to take a look at the wind speed when the lowest temperature is taking place. If it's right at daybreak, the sun is going to help a lot. And if we have a little bit of wind, that moisture can't accumulate. This is so important. Why does nobody talk about this? This is huge. It never talked about probably the most important piece of the whole puzzle. So once you know your frost dates, you know your forecast, you got to know what you're growing too, right? We need to know what our plants can withstand. And in that first frost of the season, 
we're talking about those tender, warm season herbs, veggies, and flowers. Super, super important. If it was growing in the spring and summer, you need to cover. Bottom line. We're also talking about potted tender annuals, hanging baskets, window boxes, and those containers that are full of those beautiful warm season zinnias and marigolds. Uh -uh. Not going to make it. You need to bring them in or you need to cover them. And we're also talking about any newly planted seedling. This is where it gets tricky. Those newly planted seedlings are going to need to be covered. Before we get back to the next part of the Sunday coaching that you're listening to from the Wild Child Garden Club, I want to tell you that you're about to hear me talk about a chart, and I call it the magic chart. You can get this chart. I'm happy to email it to you. All you have to do is go to releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash subscribe. When you subscribe to my email list, you will automatically be sent this magic chart that is going to show you exactly what temperature each plant that you're growing right now is tolerant to. This is going to help you so much and you're going to use it a lot. You're going to hear me talk about it in the next part and I just want to offer it to you. If you want a cold hardiness chart, go to releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash subscribe and I'm happy to send it to you. Now let's get back to talking about frost and freezes. Okay, guys, this is the magic chart. This is what we want to keep up front in our garden journals. Print this out. Go ahead and screenshot this because this is what you want. This cold hardiness chart is going to tell you exactly what you need to do and when. This is important. And the reason is, is because every plant you're growing has DNA that allows it to handle certain things. I want you to think about this chart in terms of short periods of time. It takes longer than a few hours for the crystals to form inside of the plant and outside of the plant. This is when the real problems arise, even for the hardiest of vegetables. So like we talked about earlier, if this is a frost where your low is getting to 36 right at daybreak and the wind is at five or six miles an hour, you're probably not going to see a frost at all. Now, are your tender vegetables, your cucumbers and your tomatoes going to make it through that first frost? Probably not. I would definitely still pick before I cover and I would definitely still cover those tender veggies. But for the most part, when we're looking at damage, killing freezes, we're talking about things that are going to happen over the course of several hours. Light frost and light freezes typically don't do that much damage. Cold hardy plants, though, usually get rid of their tender parts that are going to be damaged by a frost or a freeze ahead of the timing for the frost and the freezes. What we're talking about, though, that's going to occur in the next 48 hours we got a lot of tender plants out there, right? We still have a lot of stuff growing from our do-over season, and we've got these newly planted seedlings. And you can see that they are in the tender vegetable category. They should be protected from any threat of frost or harvested before a potential frost. They are not suited to cold weather, and they are sitting ducks if you don't protect them. This is why these rogue frost in late spring 
or early fall can be so damaging. Your plants are actively growing, and that means they are vulnerable to cell damage. That is why we have to cover. Now, if you look at that second column in the middle, you're going to see that for the most part, a lot of what you're growing right now can withstand a light frost for a short period. They're tolerant to 28 to 32 degrees. So you're really okay with most of what you're growing. And then on the left-hand side is your cold, hardy vegetables. These are the hardcore gangster vegetables of the cold season. They are totally fine and can withstand freezing temperatures and even hard frost without any injury. And those guys are serious business. And if you look, you probably have them all in your garden. So get excited because they're not going to be phased by even 28 degrees. So that is super, super good and something that we can really be excited about. It's those tender veggies that are so important. And that's why we have to know what we're growing. If we are growing a lot of cucumbers, peppers, eggplant, okra, tomatoes, we're going to have problems. The beans are going to be susceptible. You've got to cover them. And even if you cover them, guys, don't expect much out of them. That's why I recommend harvesting everything you can before you cover because really and truly, they're probably only going to decline from here. Okay, next, we want to make sure that we know our garden. We have been talking all month about daily observations. We have been making these observations every single day in our garden, and you have been reporting back inside the Facebook group and saying all that you're learning. It has been amazing to watch and see all the stuff that you are talking about seeing out there and the pieces you're putting together. It's so cool. These daily observations and that habit that you have created in the last two weeks is going to save your rear whenever we start to get into these frost and freezes. Trust me on this. This week, you need to focus on learning your garden. You need to know your garden because that is an entire microclimate all of its own. And knowing it is the most important thing you can do to protect your plants. You've got a forecasted temperature. But remember, that is coming from a weather station that is absolutely not in your garden. That air temperature is also going to be many feet in the air, and it doesn't necessarily reflect the temperature in your garden. You may have shady spots that are going to be cooler. You may have spots that tend to hold water, low spots, always going to be cooler. Your garden might be against a wall where it will be warmer. You need to know your garden's microclimate because we cannot depend solely on a, a weather forecast. That's just not going to work because we're not just measuring the temperature of the air. We're measuring the temperature of the air. We're measuring the temperature at soil level. We're also looking at what plants we have growing. Different parts of your garden have different temperatures and different plants are tolerant to different temperatures. You've got to put all of that together because a few degrees can make a huge difference. I recommend investing in a thermometer and that will help you really become an expert of your garden. A thermometer you can just set inside of your garden bed, watch and see what is that temperature at soil level and how does it compare to the temperature that the forecast is predicting you have. You're going to be a couple degrees off. I think you'll be surprised by that. But 
I think it's important for you to know. I also think it's important for you to know where your morning shade is, where the afternoon shade is. Those places are going to be more susceptible to being colder for longer. I have a place in my garden, um, half of one of my beds is shaded until about 11 o'clock. I put in all of those beautiful Cecile Bruner roses and they shade half of an entire bed till about lunchtime. That's not going to work. That means that my temperature is going to be colder for longer. And remember, a light frost is just a dip. A hard frost is a temperature drop for at least four consecutive hours. Well, there are four hours of daylight that everything else in my garden is going to get warmed up by, except for this half of this bed. I have to take in that into account. I have to know what parts of my garden have potential to be colder for longer because that is going to dictate what I need to do in those areas. You better believe I'm covering that part. Even if I felt confident everywhere else in my garden, I don't feel confident there because I don't know what's going to happen. Even though the sun's coming up, it's not coming up right there. I'm going to cover that part of my garden, no question. Pre-made cold frames and frost cloths, you can do that. And look, they look great. And the, they're convenient, right? I want you to make sure that your frost cloths are one and a half to two ounce in weight because that's going to protect from a frost and a freeze. Anything less than one and a half ounces, you're going to get frost protection, but you're not going to get freeze protection. So you're really just kind of spinning your wheels. So make sure you get something between one and a half and two ounces and get prepared for some sticker shock. They are expensive, especially if you have a big garden. I also plastic tablecloths that have that felt underneath them. Excellent, excellent options in a freeze. Doesn't have to be pretty or expensive to work. My backyard is going to look like a tent city in the next 48 hours, and I'm totally okay with that. I want to give you a couple pro tips before we close out for today. I want to remind you to invest in a thermometer. That's going to let you know how many degrees off of the forecasted temperature your garden is at any time of the day. If it's saying that it's 45 degrees outside and in your garden it's 42 degrees, you know you cannot trust that temperature that you're getting off that app. So make sure you know what you actually are dealing with. You also are going to want to water really well before dark, before those temperatures drop. That's going to warm the soil and it's going to fill up your plants with lots and lots of water, which is going to help them keep from dehydrating and it's also going to take longer for them to start freezing. If they have a lots of water inside of them, it takes longer to freeze. And you're gonna cover right at dark. And you're gonna uncover as soon as temperatures come back up. Unless you're using a frost cloth that has visibility through it. So sometimes you can find them online, you can find them in garden stores. They're gonna be a white frost cloth and it's gonna allow that sunlight in. If that's the case, you really can leave them on for days if you have to. That's another reason why they're so expensive. They're super, super convenient. But if you're okay with covering right at dark and uncovering as soon as those temperatures come back up above the threatening danger zone, then you can use lots of different things. Also, when you uncover, go ahead and water again. This will get all of the leftover moisture crystals, any ice that's left on those leaves, that's going to get that off of there. And that's going to be really important. And it's also going to help kind of revive your plants, get them back saturated again from the dehydrating freeze. One more thing I want you to keep in mind. 
don't don't shoot the messenger on this one. Damage from a frost and a freeze takes days to reveal itself. So you're going to go out there, you're going to take all your covers off, and you're going to say, huh, everything looks good. My tomatoes are fine. In two or three days, you will start seeing the damage. Prepare yourself for this. Go ahead and say goodbye to them. Harvest everything off of them and thank them for what they have given you this season before you ever cover them. Then you can be pleasantly surprised if they make it, but you won't be devastated if they don't. This is huge. If you go out there and you put all of your work into covering those cucumbers and you have your heart set on saving that plant, you're going to be so devastated if it doesn't make it. Instead, thank it for what it's already given you. Tell it that you'll see it again next season and go ahead and harvest everything off of it. Pretend that it's the last time you're going to see that plant. You'll be pleasantly surprised if it sticks around after the frost. But if it doesn't, you've already said your goodbyes. You've already thanked it. It can go straight into the compost and you can prepare to plant something else that's a little more cold hardy and will do a little bit better for you. hope this has been helpful for you today to listen in to a Wild Child Garden Club live teaching on preparing for a frost and a freeze. I hope that you have gotten a better idea of what the two words actually mean, what the temperatures are that will cause us to kind of enter into that dangerous territory, and some ways that you can prepare to protect your garden. Now, in South Louisiana, we're coming up on our first frost of the year a whole month early. My recommendation is to go ahead and cover as much as you can just to be on the safe side. And I really think that most of what we have growing out there is going to be just fine. But like I said to the Garden Club, amazing plant ladies that I have the honor of coaching day in and day out. Go ahead and thank your tender, warm season vegetables, herbs, and flowers for their service. Go ahead and pick all the basil you possibly can. Get one more bouquet of zinnias for the inside of the house because chances are this is going to be the last time you see them. I am so glad that you joined me here today. I hope that you've got a better understanding of frost and freezes and you're ready to get out there and protect your garden from what might be coming in the next 48 hours for sure for me. But wherever you are, you're going to have a frost and it's going to be coming soon. It's not if, it's when. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you can subscribe to my podcast or leave me a review. That would make me so happy and I would be honored. Finally, I just want to remind you that Edible Container Gardening is going to be next week, October 24th and 25th. This is a live event. Day one, I'm going to show you what supplies you need and we're going to talk about how to arrange and plan and get these containers drawn out to where we know exactly what we're going to plant in them to maximize the space. And I'm going to send you off to go shopping. And then on day two, we're going to come back and we are going to plant these containers and I'm going to show you how to arrange them to get the best bang for your buck and the most beauty out of the space that you have. This is an online live course. It's going to be on Zoom. And I would love to have you join me. You can get more information about edible container gardening at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash fall. I would love to have you join me. And I'm so glad that you were here today. I know that when you release your inner wild child, you will heal your soul, even if the temperatures are dropping. Get out there and protect that garden from a freeze 
or a frost this season and keep it thriving. I'll see you next time.